Hello and welcome to another edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I am Richard Haynes, broker owner of Manhattan Pacific Realty. This show is where we focus on real estate in the South Bay and greater Los Angeles. It is March 17th, 2021, St. Patrick's Day of all days. So I'm feeling good, feeling a little lucky on this podcast. I feel like we're going to knock it out of the park. And just a fun show, I think, because it's a little bit more anecdotal than what I've been doing in the past in terms of sharing a lot of hard numbers. I want to let you guys know this episode of what's happening out in the field of South Bay real estate and the craziness that keeps continuing here. I missed last week's episode. It's still a little while back in my house with two kids under two, but here I am two weeks later. We'll see if I can get back on track every week for you, but for now, I'm in it one time every two weeks. So let's hop right into it. For what we have on the show, really three topics that I'm going to be covering this week. What is happening broadly in the market And that is everything from multiple offers, off-market deals, how to sell your home, and how to get the best dollar even in the hottest market ever. There are strategies that will get you more than other strategies. And then topic number two, how are we actually inking deals for our buyers? We are making it happen. We're missing more often than we get things, but we are locking down deals for some clients. And then lastly, topic number three, where are the deals currently? It's really hard to find a good deal. In fact, it's really hard just to even lock down a deal in real estate these days. But where are the deals? I'll share that in topic number three. So to get started, I'm going to give you an overall update in what's happening in the marketplace. In short, it's crazy. It's insane. As you heard on the last podcast, inventory is at all-time lows. There's more buying demand than ever. Interest rates are driving prices. To recap what we have found in our last few listings over the past couple of weeks, Our Rancho Palos Verdes listing that you guys heard about about a month ago, six weeks ago, 20 offers, $200,000 over asking. Hollywood Riviera listing, five offers, going over asking with a big lease back. Not going to say how much because we aren't closed yet. And then our Redondo Beach listing that we brought out, Tall and Skinny and Golden Hills, prime first-time homebuyer zone, affordable for a, a beach marketplace. We received nine offers and inked an offer today for well over asking with a lease back as well. And then just for perspective on buying clients, We have a lot of clients that have moved from the beach cities or PV and say, let's go to Torrance. Let's do South Torrance, West Torrance, Seaside, Walteria, a little bit more affordable areas. Well, when you go there, those are 28 offers, 35 offers. It's even harder and more competitive. And those over asking offers will blow your mind probably even more than the beach in Palos Verdes just because the jumps are even more significant when you're at a lower price point. It is crazy. It is insane. And I'm seeing deals get inked 
and getting done in closing that are going to be lifting the marketplace 5 to 10% in price just in a month or two. I mean, that is how crazy it is that we could see prices jump 5 to 10% in just two or three months based on the deals that are about to close. To give you a funny quote from an agent that posted on a networking group uh, that tries to make things happen or share information between agents, this is the quote, buyer need off-market PV or Torrance home up to $1.3 million. My clients no longer wish to participate in a 46 offers marketplace with a laughy face emoji. And then it says, send me anything you've got coming up or off-market. So <laughs> that quote sums up a lot of things in and of itself is that people are just getting run over and the competition is insane for homes. My response to that quote is, number one, the buyer is completely out of touch. I'm sorry that you're tired of 40 offers, 30 offers, 20. The market doesn't care if you're tired of it. The market's the market and the best offer will win. So if you can't outcompete the other 40 offers, you're not going to get a home and have to take a break and sellers are going to sell to the best offer that they can possibly get. And number two, the agent put a laughy face emoji, so I think it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but my response to that is, no, I will not send you anything I have coming up off-market or coming soon. And the reason I am saying that to the agent, and I didn't say that to the agent, but that is what I am saying, metaphorically speaking here, is why would I send anyone my properties, my upcoming listings, off-market? Why would I let anyone have a chance at a listing when when we go onto the open market, there is a feeding frenzy for properties. The chances that your buyer is going to be the highest offer on my client's listing is slim to none. I'm going to put it out on the open market, on the MLS, and this crazy market will drive it to its best and highest possible price. It would be silly to sell a property to someone off market, which leads me to why the heck would you ever sell your home off market in this environment? That is absolutely ridiculous. We are seeing 10 plus offers on so many properties. We are seeing home sell for $100,000 or more above the last comp from the previous month. Why would you sell off market? How do you know that is the best and highest offer without putting it to the test with the thousands of people looking and willing to compete against that offer? It is just insane. If you are considering an off market sale or your realtor is recommending that you sell off market, that is hogwash <laughs> and you need to bring it to the MLS. There may be a one out of 100, probably more like one out of a thousand, maybe not one out of a thousand, one out of a hundred, I'll stand by, of maybe you consider off market. Maybe you have a pristine, ultra luxury home with no comps that you could maybe ask for a crazy number off market. And really, it's at the discretion of the seller and buyer, and they just make up a price whether it's on market or off market, or maybe there's a very unique situation at home or with the property, but more than likely one 
out of 100 chances that maybe is a consideration, but more than likely you will lose money if you sell off market. Don't do it. Which leads me to believe when you are selling your property, you also need to consider how to run an orderly sale. And not all agents do this. Newer agents have to learn it. And I find a lot of agents botch it, period. And everyone has their own style, and maybe I'm hyping my style a little bit too much, but I think you need to make sure that you are running an orderly sale for your home, and that includes, number one, having it on the MLS long enough for the market to absorb it. I'm not talking about one day and accept an offer. I'm talking about bringing it on on a Wednesday, letting people plan their Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday showings, and letting it stay on for a weekend through a week to make sure the market absorbs it and you get all the potential buyers. That's number one. Number two, you should have a very clear offer date and deadline cutoff so people get it in. And then you should have an orderly best and final round. That's number three. And normally the way I like to do it is, is I go, not all offers will be countered. It will be the top five out of 20 offers that are coming in that will be countered. And what that does is, is it helps the buyers put a really good foot forward on the first round and not under offer on your property because they want to make it to the next round. And then you have a best and final round where people are going to stretch even more. I find that gets people top dollar. There are too many agents right now that are getting 28 offers, not telling anyone, and accepting a quote-unquote incredible offer. How do you know out of the 28 offers that the other 27 may not be willing to beat that unbelievable offer and didn't think it would go that far, but has the firepower to do it? You don't. And there is some merit to accept an unbelievable offer. We did that on a property where we go, hey, we're going to be accepting your offer, but we need to counter everyone and give them a shot. And if someone comes anywhere near you, we'll let you know and give you an opportunity to win it. We need to do it to make sure there isn't someone else like you. But we told them they were getting it. And guess what? We countered all the other offers. No one came to their number and we signed the deal. And then when all those offers found out they didn't win it, they're like, whatever the highest offer is, we'll match it. And and then that's a good situation to be in. But you got to have an orderly counter round. Agents who aren't countering, I think, are leaving money on the table. Agents who are selling a property Sunday night after being on the market for three days or only after being on the market for one day, they are losing clients' money. And make sure that doesn't happen to you. I find when you have the best and final round, you're in control. If you have 20 offers, you get the top five offers and you can counter those top five offers. And those are the ones that stretch the most and are probably your most viable buyers. And oftentimes those always are. You can still counter all 20 offers. The nine offers we received and accepted today on our Redondo Beach Tall and Skinny, we said we were only going to counter the top five offers. We decided to counter all nine just in case. And guess what? The top, you know, three offers were the ones in the running anyway, and the bottom offers didn't come up anyway. But it's your prerogative to change the rules after if you want to counter everyone. I'm going off a little bit on a tangent, anecdotally, as I said, but really make sure your property is on the market. Everyone can see it. Everyone can get in. Everyone knows the offer date. 
People are stretched to put in a great first offer, and then you stretch them even more in a best and final round to make sure you're finding the best offer, the highest price for your property. If it's run any different way, there are merits to a couple other ways, but I want to hear agent's reasoning for selling a property in just three days or accepting an offer after 28 offers came in and not countering the other 27 offers. Don't let that happen to you and make sure you're telling your agent how you want your listing being run. Okay, on to topic number two. How are we inking deals? We inked two homes for clients last week. How did we do it amongst all of the competition? It's pretty simple. You've got to come in so strong in this market. One offer, we inked a deal $100,000 over asking. That was an asking price that was probably higher than the comps, but we all know that properties are selling higher. And then there was another one where we came in strong, 130,000 over asking, and ultimately went 150,000 over asking, and we almost didn't lock it down. And the reason why we did that was, is these are clients who have been in the market for the past few months. They've seen what's going on. They know on the other four properties that we missed, we offered 75 grand over asking and we finished in third place or second place. And so those buyers have gotten the confidence that they understand and see where the market is going, seeing where the pending sales are going, and they feel confident enough to offer 100,000 because they know that pending deal in escrow that is, you know, $100,000 lower is going $125,000 and it's actually selling for higher than the asking price on the property we're going after and there's room to give. So you have to come in strong and that is it. And then you pray. And then you pray you have an agent that's going to do their job and run an orderly sale, or you pray that your really strong offer is an agent who doesn't quite know what's going on and they accept it because they think it's insanely good. And then they go, "Uh uh-oh, we accepted an offer and there's another four people banging down our doors going, we'll match or exceed whatever you're in escrow on. And it's like, sorry, we already signed the contract as sellers. You can't pull out. So that's the only way we're getting deals done. And you've got to be in the market writing offers to see how nuts it is to then feel confident enough to write higher to know that really the comps are going to justify your offer in about a month. That's how fast it's moving and how high it's going. It's wild. So if you want property, if you're discouraged as a buyer, you need to write, if it's priced properly, Let me caveat it with that. If it's priced properly, which is normally slightly below the most recent comps or right at the most recent comps, you need to come in strong and come in quickly and be ready to add a little bit more as well and feel uncomfortable with your price or you're not getting a home. And it's just like that other buyer in the off-market networking group of going, we're tired of 48 offer scenarios. Well, tough luck. Either you've got to go sit on the sidelines for a year or You've got to chase properties that are overpriced and sitting on the MLS that you probably ultimately have to pay 50K, 100K over comps anyway to get it done. That's how you're going to ink deals on this market. The third and final topic for this week is where are the deals? Well, they certainly aren't in single family homes. 
I posted a blog last week about how the stock market, growth stocks, tech stocks the last year have been the high-flying biggest gainers in the stock market, and now there is a rotation into value stocks, industrials, banks. Thanks, JP Morgan Chase, Dow Chemical, Boeing's even made a run. The cyclical value stocks are now going higher. And the growth stocks are actually going lower. The single families are in full growth mode now, but where you're going to get into the value stocks that will run once we're all vaccinated, I've said it over and over again, it's condos and certain income properties. Right now, the trend is growth stocks. Right now, single family homes are all the rage. The deals are in the condo market. But I'm starting to see the condo market not be so good anymore. Condos by the beach are starting to go much higher. People are figuring out they're a deal and interest rates are super low and condos by the beach are going higher. Really nice condos, condos with views, etc. Those are starting to tick up and be less compelling. Where you're getting the deals in the condos are the big, big condo complexes. So not the three on a lots, not the six unit condo complexes where you have a separate entry. I'm talking about like the 50 unit condo complexes where you walk down a small hallway and there are 10 units on either side of you and elevators. That's a scary place to be with COVID, but guess what? That's not going to be so scary come June, July when we're all vaccinated. Those still are are lagging and haven't seen significant pops, big building condo complexes are where the deals are. You should go after those now. You should lock those up now because when we're vaccinated, those are all going to reset up with lower interest rates. And those big condo complex buildings tend to be a little bit closer to commercial restaurants, things to do, shopping, and that's what people are going to want to do when we reopen. We've been at home for a year. People want to dine out. They want to have fun and they want to shop. And those condos nearby commercial, the big buildings, I think are going to explode higher. That is where the deals are. Secondarily, the other place where deals are being made are income properties, specifically income properties occupied by tenants, especially tenants with lower rents who have been there for a long time. You can't raise rents right now with COVID. You can't get people out. If you want to, the courts won't let you, et cetera, et cetera. Those deals haven't ticked up either. I'm going to give you an example. There was a Walteria duplex that I sent to, man, 10 clients going, hey, this is a great deal for you. They couldn't sell the duplex with it occupied for the past year. They took it off the market, vacated the three-bedroom tenant, and now it can be owner-occupied. It still took them a while to get a deal done, but they ended up, even after almost three months on the market, they got an over-asking offer because someone wanted to own or occupy it and they paid them more money to get the back tenant out of the duplex so they didn't have to deal with any risk of getting a tenant out and going to court. And they made a deal happen. That's how important vacant units are in income properties or at market where you don't have to deal with a tenant on getting them out. If you can lock up a duplex like that, 
but with lower rents and long-term tenants and go, hey, I'll buy this and I can afford to hold it for a year and I'll vacate them in 12, 18, 24 months when COVID's gone, people are getting jobs and the, the courts are clearing, those are going to be great deals. I have a client right now with a lowball offer out on a property that's listed lower than what it would be worth if it was vacated. And we're just putting the seller to the test and going, you can sell to us for 100, 150 grand lower than what it's probably going to be worth in 18 months, or you can wait and the seller wants out. And I think they're strongly considering our offer. Those are where the deals are. That's where you've got to go after if you're an investor, our income properties with low rents, long-term tenants, and then you sit and wait. 24 months, you get them out. I think you're going to have six figures in equity and a cash flowing property. So I'm going to leave it at that for this week's show. Again, the market is crazy out there. If you're a seller, bring it to market, run an orderly sale, extract every penny you can out of those desperate buyers, and you're going to be really happy. Buyers, If you're out there hustling, start writing offers, start understanding where the market's going, and then when the right property comes, come in strong above comps and be excited about staying in the home for 10 plus years. And last but not least, if you're looking for a deal, big building condos, income properties with low rents and long-term tenants, I think you're going to make a really nice return in six to 12 months if you make those moves right now. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. A little bit different than this time. I'll be back with more numbers next week and more thoughts. Thanks for listening with me today. Take care and see you next time.